You do not have to look far to find an incredible woman in your life. I mean, just sitting in this room to put on this podcast, this episode, there are four women here making it happen. But here's the question. Do we do enough to respect and support one another? That's what we're talking about in this episode of Moms in the Middle. I'm Melanie Ng, mom to a two and a half year old named Josh. And I'm Ivanka Osmak. George is my one and a half year old son. We're in the middle of an incredible shift for women. Thanks to the Me Too movement and other equality activists, the light has certainly been turned on. I mean, the very point of this podcast between you and me, Mel, Mm -hmm. is to bring women together, to support women, encourage women, celebrate women. Because really, I don't know about you, but where would you be without the unconditional love from your mom, the reality check from your sister, (laughs) or maybe your cousin, or the bellyache laughs with your girlfriends. Which are always so great, right? Yes, but it's needed. also about teaching the future generation, whether you're raising boys or girls, why it's important to respect and honor the women in your life. And so we're going to be talking to Danny Kind in this episode. You probably recognize the name. She is an amazing mom and also actress in the hit show Working Moms. Seriously, how has playing the card ever helped? What card? You know the card. We've all played the card. You know, the helpless girl card. You ever play dumb to get a guy to do some work for you? Or pretend that you don't know how to do your taxes. She is so funny. She is so real, down to earth, and she just... She tells it like it is. You guys are really going to enjoy this interview. And as you said, Mel, she has two boys. We both have a boy each. So now I think it's time, as we do with every episode, time for our good and bad moments of the week. And I'm going to start. And the good moment of the week was my husband and I took George to church for the very first time. Uh Um, (laughs) Uh-oh. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. This is my good moment. Um, So we sat in the pew. There was a daycare down in the basement. So (laughs) down in the basement. (laughs) So we knew that we had that as an option, of course. But we brought him. We started with him on our lap. And we kept saying shh and shushing. You know, you have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. And he started shushing. Of course, they never do it in a quiet voice when they shush. Um, But he was pretty good. And we were going, you know, five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. And then I leaned over to my husband who was holding George. And I said, maybe I should take him downstairs now. And my son turned to me and said, shh. He shushed me (laughs) in church. Um, So I I thought that that was really cute. So, um, So that was the good moment. So good. The bad was that... I, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, oh, we no. it, it, well, There wasn't one specific moment, or maybe I could pinpoint it to when my husband came home from work to relieve me so I could go to work. I had been with George all day, and I just had a meltdown. I teared up over our meal plans and that we didn't have anything to eat, and I was taking a can of tuna and some broccoli to work with me to <laughs> eat because we hadn't planned anything. And then that was, of course, just the tip of the iceberg of what our week and what we've been kind of going through for the past couple of weeks, because we're very fortunate. We have a nanny, um, but she's been away for, for quite some time. And we're trying to manage my husband and I with our different shifts because we work completely opposite mm-hmm. ends of the day. And my son has his schedule and then trying to do like all the other things like adults do, you know, the laundry, the daycare, the cleaning, everything. And it's just wasn't happening that day and everything just fell apart and I just, I needed to just cry. Which is honestly... just let it out. You probably <laughs> felt better after crying because it was so built up within you, right? Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those moments where it's just like, I think I just got worn down and the lack of sleep and trying to do it all without any help and realizing 
no, this isn't going to help. And so it all came down to meal plan and a dinner with uh, canned tuna, which I don't advise having for playing canned tuna for dinner. Hey, but anyways, it's, it's not bad that bad. Moment. Not that bad. But you know what? Like, I think those are the moments that every parent has, right? Where you're like, I can't do it all. I just There's no can't. way I can do it all. I'm done. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, good, bad. Here we go. I'm going to start with good because I don't know about you, but bath time is maybe one of my favorite times at this age because Josh's he loves water. Mm-hmm. He loves swimming. He loves baths and everything. But recently I was introduced, he had a bit of a cold. And so I got this organic, natural, whatever. It's supposed to clear up a cough or a stuffy nose, but it's bubbles oh. in the bath. And so I'm like, all right, give I'm going to give this one a try. He doesn't care about that. He cares about the bubbles. And so I unloaded it all in the bath and he is freaking out, having the time of his life, laughing and kicking his feet. And he's like, bubbles. And he puts it in his hair. And every time you put it on him, he's dying laughing. But it's so sweet how the simplest things make them so happy. Bring him joy. Uh, Bad is kind of a good bad. Okay. So I remember people telling me, you're going to have a boy. He's going to be attached to you because boys just love their moms. They're drawn to their moms. And so Josh has always been pretty attached to me. And it it's good in that. So whenever I'm with my husband, he always chooses me, right? He always is like, mommy. So the other night, uh, my husband goes to put him to bed. He says, I'm going to do your bath time with the bubbles. And uh, I'm going to read you the books. And he starts freaking out. And he says, I want mommy. I want mommy. It's full on defiant. Now, secretly, part of you is like, yes, he yeah, wants mommy. Because, you know, it's not going to necessarily last forever because, you know, then the dads, then the dads bond with the boys in some other way and all this. So part of me is like, that's nice. But also I can just see the look on my husband's face because if roles were reversed, I would be so upset if my son is like, nope, don't want you, want the other one. And so I guess it's a good bad I feel like this is a topic for another episode because my husband is my son's favorite, actually. <laughs> really? And everyone has said to me for the past year and a half, oh, it's just a phase. It's not a phase. No. So <laughs> so I know how your husband feels because I'm the one who, like, is, you know, it less sucks, popular. It right? It sucks. Yeah, it really does. But it hurts. here's the thing. There are so many years to go, right? They can do a little reversal. I keep telling myself that. But yeah, my husband's definitely the favorite in our family. So I get why it's a good (laughs) slash bad moment. But thank you for sharing. And I do think we need to do an episode on that. Oh, totally. Before we get to talking to Danny Kind of Working Moms, we have to talk about us and how much women in our lives mean to us. And I don't think I realize the importance of it until I became a mom. Like, I've always had great girlfriends, and I'm very close with my mom and my sister and my sister-in-law. But until I became a mom, I didn't realize how much encouragement I needed from them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for them just to call me or me to call another mom and say, what do I do? Can you just help me out? Or can you you guide me? Or just listen. And I've learned to, like, source out. (laughs) Like, you go to different stores for different... For different things, you know, shoes or sweaters or, I don't know, food, whatever it may be. I've I've learned to source to different girlfriends for different pieces of advice. There's my one working mom girlfriend who went back to work. She has three girls and she went back to work after six weeks. And so Whoa. if I'm ever feeling like, you know, crazy and bogged down and overwhelmed <laughs> yeah. with work, I know, okay, I'm going to go to her. Mm-hmm. And if if I need someone who's just that shoulder to cry on and good laugh and she and she takes me in, I go to her. Or sometimes I just need to, I need my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need my mommy. Yes, I'm almost 40 years old and I still need my mom. And as much as I love my husband, um, I have a partner that I really do consider my best friend. 
but there's some things that he can never provide for me or answers he can never give me that my girlfriends can. And I would be an absolute mess without them. You need them. You need them. They give you that female perspective and something that they understand what you're going through, right? And like you said, with your husband, he gets it, just like how my husband gets it, but to a point, Mm -hmm. right? And so I would say the exact same thing in that I was super lucky to have a handful of girlfriends who were on maternity leave at the same time as me and I did not know what I was doing. And most of them were on their second kids while I was on my first. So I'm learning from their mistakes here. And I remember I had big issues with breastfeeding um, because I had a C-section that was not planned. And so I wasn't producing initially um, and I still had a supply issue. So then it was ongoing. I still, even to when I was feeling like I was in a groove, I still had issues with it. And I still saw lactation consultant over and over and over. And it kind of just became the norm, but it wears you down because you don't know what you're doing. And now you're like, who do I turn to? And I went to a number of girlfriends for this who had been through the exact same thing. And I remember them saying, not just one of them, not just two of them, a number of them saying, you got this. And just hearing that phrase of you got this, empowers you, right? Hearing someone else who's been through it say, you're going to get through this and you're going to come out on top. It's all good. That just is something reassuring from a female voice. And if Scott had said that or if Adam had said that to me, our husbands, I would have slapped him silly. Can I say that on air? (laughs) But because because I know that he doesn't understand what I'm going through, Mm -hmm. whether it's the emotional, physical, mental, all that, and as supportive as he is, as they are, um, sometimes you need women or people who have who have gone through it or just have your back and complete support. And I've even, sometimes it's not my friends that I've known for 20 plus years or since kindergarten. It's strangers that are moms who like will give me just a bit of boost or will say, hey, do you need help with that or offer their support? I've met wonderful women, again, in the past 19 months that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise mm-hmm. if it weren't for having a kid in that common denominator. And that's not just in being being a mom, right? This comes with also being a professional mom. And I know we are in a male-dominated industry. Uh, we both work in television, and it has changed. Uh, it has shifted a little bit in the last, let's say, 5, 10 years where there are more stronger females, higher-level females. It wasn't always that way. Um, and I always gravitated to um, to the women, to the strong female voices. And those are my mentors in this industry. And it's really cool. And I, I, I really appreciate women who support women in an industry that isn't necessarily Sometimes women up on top. Yeah. yeah. So raising the children and kind of learning from one another at the same time. Women learning from women, supporting one another as we're going through this whole process together. That's what we are talking about here on this episode. Is no stranger to the juggling act that is parenthood and career. Danny Kine plays Anne on the Emmy-nominated show. So cool to say Emmy-nominated. Emmy-nominated. Right? Emmy-nominated hit show, Working Moms. Mom to two young boys and People's Choice Award playing Mercedes on Winona Earp. So we're talking about gearing up for season three with Working Moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, four moms trying to get through it all. There's some big decisions, some big changes, and all trying to do it as women. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. I thought you were going to say on our periods. <laughs> <laughs> no, how do we do it? Um, is it overwhelming for you ever? No, because I f- we're in the bubble. We're in the bubble of shooting it. We're in the bubble of like, you know, Juno and, I and Catherine and I are friends. So it's like, we're just in it. We're like, get up. We go to work. We shoot the thing. And then it airs and it's like, then the like billboards and posters go up. But we're so, it's like so far from when we've shot it. So it's weird for sure. But I mean, you guys are both. In the the public eye. So like you, yeah, it's like you're, 
it's its own thing in a way. So it doesn't feel overwhelming. It just feels like my job that I love. Which is Were you friends with Juno and Catherine before you guys started shooting? Or, no. or how has your relationship evolved from when you were shooting season three, which was now, or season one rather, which was yeah. a couple of years ago? Juno, I met in LA. We got off a plane. We were doing the test for the show, and there was we got off the plane and into a huge van with all these other actresses who were also auditioning for same parts or different parts. And then they put us all in this boardroom, and we all just sat around for two days waiting to be brought in and audition with, like, different pairing. Um, but Juno was very uh, crusty. She was, like, <laughs> on her phone. In the and, nicest way possible. Yeah, she was just nervous. It was like her—we always joke about how her nerves and my nerves uh, manifest differently. I get, like, kind of drag queeny Broadway show star <laughs> with my nerves, and she just, like, goes inward. So she was, like, on her phone and wouldn't talk to the rest of the actresses. And I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. You're so... <laughs> You're my zone. Yeah, yeah. She was just, like, outside of everything else that was going on. So um, I I just... I was just like, we're friends, whether you like it or not. And then we've developed into really, really good friends. Like, we, we were just FaceTiming this morning before I came here. And just to check in about, like, how the kids are and partners and life. And So yeah. what's really cool is... Um, that formation or that relationship between moms relating to moms, yeah. women relating to women is so, you see it on the show, but like you said, it it goes into real life. Um, I remember the saying, people say there's a special place in hell for women who do not support women. Right. Have you heard this one? No, but yes. But live by that one. <laughs> That's great. Right? Why is it important to work with women and support one another? I mean, I just don't think there's any other way. Like, I don't understand... I don't understand the other way of doing it. So I don't even know if I can come up with, like, why wouldn't you support a woman or why wouldn't you, like, back each other, tweet about each other or, you know, like, whatever. There's so many simple things to do to help each other out or call each other and be like, hey, do you need help with your kids? You know, like, Catherine has two boys. Juno has two boys. I have two boys. And we constantly are tweeting or texting about work, but we're also texting about, like, how are you doing? Just like, why? Are, you would do it for anybody. Yeah, of course. Did you? Um, okay, so you've got two boys. They yeah. are four and three. Yep. Um, bless you. Oh, my God. It was not my choice. Okay. But, I mean, I think we had sex once and maybe he pulled out. Like, <laughs> And it was like, and I didn't know I was pregnant until yeah. I was five months pregnant. Really? Oh, my gosh. Because I got pregnant six months after I gave birth. And then I was just like, I guess this just is what happens to your body. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh. You had your first son. Yeah. And he was six months and you got pregnant with your second. Mm. And then didn't know until I was five months. Wow. It was insane. And then we went to a baby shower and uh, the the guy whose baby shower, him and his wife, his mom was a... Um, ultrasound technician. And she was like, do you want to just go see how far along you are? Because I just found out the day before. And I was like, what? She was like, I have a thing in my car. I'll just, we'll just sneak upstairs while they're opening the <laughs> no gifts. We'll do it in the bedroom. Yeah. And I saw my like five month old baby. And At I was this like, baby shower. Are oh you thinking gosh. like, are you yeah. joking? Are Sorry, you like, can I what swear? What a party trick. Yeah, I should not swear. Podcast, we're fine. <laughs> I'm getting eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> we have bleeper machines. Bleep, good, good, good. Um, but you're sitting there and going, I'm how many months? Excuse me. Like, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. This is happening. My midwife was kind of like, Danny, come on. I'm like, I don't know. I just have all these feelings and I'm just fat. And like, yeah. And then four oh months gosh. later, we had a second kid. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel like relationships have changed since you've become a mom? Yeah, I think so. I think my sister has a 16 year old. And so after having kids, I was like, 
man, I was not there for her in the ways that I wish I would have been. Like, I didn't know anything. And I thought I was like helping out and being a cool aunt. And it's just like, she didn't need that. She needed me to like go make over. Dinner. Yeah, like make her dinner. Like, so definitely, I think that shifts relationships and you either have kids or you don't have kids. Yes. So um, we know you like to swear in real life, but, um, <laughs> but what about your character, Anne? How do you relate to her and what are some differences or maybe things about her that you're like, I wish I was more like her in that aspect of my yeah. life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like a hybrid of several very close women to me, like my sister and my best friend all kind of have these traits and I have them a little bit too, I think. And a lot of my closest people that see it are like, oh my God, that's so you or like... She's so nothing like you. It's one or the other, which is really interesting. She's super hard. You know, yeah. I don't think I would call a little kid a frothy <laughs> But to her face. I do her face. <laughs> um, but, you know, she has like, she stands up for other women. She does. She stands up for her friends. She's, I think in a lot of ways, she's more married to Kate than she is <laughs> to her own husband in so many ways. That relationship is so tight. But talking about the males and the male relationship, though, because we're all moms of ki- boys, mm-hmm. which is really important. And in this day and age, raising a boy is very different because mm-hmm. they're dealing with a different climate. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this Me Too movement. And how do you talk to or what do you say to the young ones? So your boys are older than Ivanka and, and mine. So at four and three, what kinds of conversations do you have with them when it comes to females and female empowerment and mm-hmm. consent? Or is it too early for that? I went down a consent wormhole looking at, you know, when people post these videos and they're just like, this woman had posted this video of her three-year-old in the backseat of her car and she's like, go ahead and say what you know about consent. And he went on this like monologue with using these big words and clearly they had practice. And I was like, man, what a good mom. I'm such a bad mom. And it was like down the wormhole of like shitty momdom that we all go through. And then I was like, I got to implement this. How do I do it? Do I sit down and have this big conversation with them? And I was like, no, that's not me. And they're still obsessed with my boobs, obsessed with them. They want to touch them. They want to, like, look at them, like, all these things. Uh, So Jack, the older one, went to touch them one day. And I said to him, listen, man, if you want to touch my boobs, they're on my body. You have to ask me. And then you have to wait. I might say yes and I might say no. And now they both do it. Now they both are like, you know, we're out in public at lunch. And they're like, mommy, can I touch your boobs? And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, they just (laughs) want to like hold it while they're eating lunch or whatever. And sometimes I'm like, no. And they actually, they're responsive to what I'm saying. And I just feel like it's such a huge win because it's such a little piece of consent that I think it's really important. Absolutely. I don't know what I'm doing. No, I love that, right? Because that just plants the seed, right? Okay, I have to ask. Yeah. Someone has to give me permission um, because that's not mine. Yeah. Right? And the answer's not always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smart. That's One thing it. I want to ask you about is, yeah. um, you, you know, in the, in the industry that you're in, uh, we're starting to see more females rise on to the top, which is mm. great, and seeing the diversity there. And even in our industries, too, and in every industry, really, you're starting to see more females get to that CEO level or passing and smashing that glass ceiling. Where do you think we are right now? And where do you think we need to be? And how can we get there? That's like three questions in one, which is <laughs> tough to answer. But yeah, where should we be? I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, progress. But I can only speak for my industry. They have, they're implementing things like, you know, 
uh, only hire this amount of female directors, like 50-50 split of female directors. And the problem is there are not enough female directors that have been given a chance, and there's no mentoring system put in place to get them there. So in a way, I think we've come so far, and but I'm worried that these people are going to be given a chance and then fail because there was no stepping stone to them to learn to, you know, to get there. Um, I just think it's like a lot more mentoring on every level, like actresses mentoring other actresses. And, uh, you know, we had a director on this year, Yael Stav, who was just blew my mind. And every day I was like, how do you do this? Like, I want to know how your brain works. I want to And she was like, yeah, we can go for coffee and we can talk about this. And I was like, I want to shadow you. I just want to like, I want to know all of these things. And I think that's where we really fall short is mentoring each other. Did you have one growing up before before you met Yale? I have a really great acting coach, Michelle Onsteel-Smith. And she is one of my best friends and also just this powerhouse of a woman. She coaches me on every season of Working Moms and she's incredible. And she, you know, she just went overseas and she was like, call me when you need me. And I was like... No, no, I'm not going to call mm-hmm. you. I'm good. Yeah, I got yeah. it. And sure enough, I was like, I need you. She was like, yeah, yeah, call me. I'm in Berlin or whatever, you know. But any time of day or night, she's just there. And what's cool with a female perspective, too, is that as a female mentor, you bring something different. Yeah. Right? But you, yeah. you can have a male mentor, not to say you can't, but there's something that a woman can teach you or show you yeah. that takes you in a different direction, I think. Yeah. Right? I was just listening to a podcast on the way over here. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was talking about how, you know, the male perspective is, like, given to us through movies and storytelling and all this, and we take it, especially as artists, we'll take it and be like, yeah, I get that. I'm just going to twist it a little bit so that I can understand it from my female perspective. And she was saying how a lot of the roles she's getting now don't need to be twisted anymore. It's just how it is. It's like, yeah. I feel like that with Anne. I feel like when I read that script, I was like... Yep, yep, yep. It was just like page after page of, like, this is what I'm living. Yes. Yeah. And and that's because Catherine's writing it? Or there's a yeah. group of writers, of course. It's not just her alone? It's not. It, it's. I mean, those initial days were all her. Mm-hmm. She she worked on those scripts for years and had those. Um, but, yeah, season one, two, and three, we've had different writers' rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of uh, women in them, though. And there are such parallels with the show. And so both Ivanka mm-hmm. and I um, nursed. And you did it mm-hmm. for how many months? Five? Uh, I did it for five, yeah. Nice. And I did it for about six. I had some issues producing, all that fun stuff. Did you say six? Uh, six. I did for about five six Five and six months. are great. Right? Yeah. I, I, I just you put don't myself have to apologize. Apologize. I feel like good I about it. I have to apologize. Right? No. Then, well, no. There's, there's that. But then there's the whole doing it in public. I always felt weird about doing it in public. Oh, I whipped my tits out good all over you, really? Toronto. Because I was like... Fight me. I yeah. was just, I was, yeah. See, I was that person um, in Catherine's character. Hey, you know, episode one, season yeah. one, like it goes back to that. Hello. Yes, this is Kate. Uh, no, I am not uh, busy at all. And I remember the sound haunts me. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, you know, her sitting in the bathroom stall at work. Uh, no, that was just, um, they're doing some plumbing on the building. Can I call you back? And I never did. I, I had stopped nursing by the time I came back to work. But I did do it in public spaces mm. because I was too ashamed to do it, you know. I know, and we shouldn't. Chair, and we I shouldn't. should have done it in yeah. public. Even my mom was embarrassed for me once when I told her where, you know, I was pumping in the bathroom yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that sound, and that really <laughs> resonated with me, that episode. And it was the first episode, so I was like, yes, I like this show because that actually happens. And how many times have we seen it on TV? And yes. that's what's great about the show. So you must 
you must get such feedback from especially women who are like, finally, a real show and mm-hmm. women just being honest with themselves. Yeah. There's so many moments in there, like, you know, sexuality and the, the pumping in the bathroom. There's just like so many things that it's just like, why are we ashamed of this? Like it's, you know, we're told to be or whatever. Um, Catherine, Juno, and I were doing the read-throughs for season three this year. And then we went to this little restaurant, this pub on the corner to like grab a quick lunch after. And all these construction men were like, we just want to say, we really like your show. Oh, that's awesome. Can we take a picture with you? And we were like, what? (laughs) Like not even like I watch it with my, or my wife made me watch it. But like, we just really like your show. It's like getting into a broader audience that I never, I'm sure Catherine expected, but I didn't. I just was like, I'm just really touched that people like it as much as they do. But that's the point, right? And and normalizing certain behaviors, just being you. Yeah. Right? Because for so many, you always hear about these shows where women are like, la, 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 prim and proper. That is not real. And, you know, the story that you told about the guys just, hey, listen to what we think there are a ton of them that are listening to moms in the middle, too. So if there's anything that you want to leave with them when it comes to female empowerment, what do you want to say? I think I think. This is going to maybe be too serious. No, it's good. Um, I think a lot of men are confused right now with, like, what's going on, what to say, what not to say. And I just think that men just need to ask questions and be curious about women. I think there's a lot of – there's a big lack of curiosity about us. And that leads to a huge misunderstanding about us. And being a mom is one of those – the biggest things. Yeah, just be curious. Mm -hmm. How do you teach your kids or raise your kids to be curious? I mean, all I can say is, like, where we are now, and I just think that men haven't been for so long. They're told what we are, which is crazy, or a virgin, (laughs) and nothing in between. You know, it's like there's so much that I am learning about myself. And this whole movement is making me rely on women and ask women different things, deeper questions. So I feel like I'm getting to know myself now. How can can a population of men know me? I think they come out curious and we're the ones that screw them up (laughs) by making, by putting boundaries and stuff on their curiosity, on their feelings. And I think keeping them curious, especially about women, is only going to be me making sure I do my best, which I'm going to fail at, but whatever. But do my best at keeping that curiosity as pure as it was when they came out, I think. What have you learned about yourself through this movement? That I'm stronger than I think I am. I feel like I do have a, I think it's really easy, especially after you become a mom, to feel super lonely, even if you have a lot of friends or family around or whatever. Um, But that relying and leaning on other women really makes me feel like I'm at the top of a mountain, like being held up. Love that answer. Good advice to end on. And season three? Of oh my moms. god! January eighth. It's so crazy, guys. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. It, I congratulations. Thank on all you. Your success. It's a lot of fun to watch. Thanks. And a lot of times where I'm like, yes, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> you know, Two, or, I feel like that. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Where you're just like, no, <laughs> don't show that. <laughs> but it's so real. Thank you so much for joining us, Thanks, Danny. guys. part of the episode where we talk about moms kicking ass and this could be a mom who's in the public eye but also we have to highlight the moms 
and dads that are in our very own backyard mm-hmm. because they deserve attention and definite round of applause or maybe just some me time. So uh, the first mom kicking ass is Pink because she is badass to the core. In every way, shape, or form, totally. right? She's amazing. The singer, activist, and mom of two is raising her two kids to be very strong, fierce leaders, and she's doing it all in the public eye. She takes her kids on tour with her, and Pink is not afraid of using her platform to support human rights, women's rights, children's rights. Mm -hmm. She's a UNICEF ambassador. She also tries to normalize breastfeeding and... Even though she's hit with controversy and critics on her social media platforms, she is not deterred by any of it. And sometimes she so shows that there's a not-so-glamorous side of show business as well. So she speaks her truth even if she has to endure all of the backlash. And what was really cool about her recently, um, she's such a compassionate woman, and she is a mom, as I mentioned. Back in August, she was on tour in Brisbane, Australia, and there was a 14-year-old girl holding up a sign at her concert that said she wanted a hug. And Pink saw this, stopped the concert, invited her up on stage, gave her a hug, and found out this girl, her mother had just passed away the month before. I guess the mom had bought the tickets to Pink's concert, but then had passed, and so the girl still went. And Pink said to that 14-year-old, don't cry, it's going to be okay. And that meant everything to this teenager. So she is a fierce leader and... Like I said, she is not afraid to speak her mind, and she is trying to raise her kids in a positive environment and show them the entire world. Yeah, and she's unapologetic. She's like, this is who I am, and this is who I want to raise my kids to be. And I love that because she's going to raise the coolest, strongest kids. All right, so we took to Twitter, Ivanka, and uh, we asked people to nominate moms who kick ass. Moms that you know, everyday moms. And someone named Bonnie reached out to us and she said, I want to nominate my daughter. And I love this. She's nominating her daughter named Catherine Howell. Uh, Catherine, uh, when she was 17, grew up just with her mom. Her dad passed away. Her brother passed away. So she really relied on her mom as a role model. And man, did she shoot for the stars. Graduates, does really well, marries the love of her life. She currently has two teenage boys. She's balancing being an entrepreneur by being a Hockey mom, too. She's at the rink all the time because her kids are really involved, and she's really active, too. Her and her husband both play in leagues. And her husband, imagine this, Ivanka, so your husband says, you know what? I'm going to start something new. I'm going to change careers. Perfect timing. Right? Well, she's this supportive pillar and says, you know what? You do that, and I'm going to be here for you through all of this. This is amazing. And on top of that, so she's supporting her husband, her kids, she's there for them, and also her mom, who's a senior, She's helping her as well. So can you imagine being in the middle of it all, just like our friend here, Catherine, and just kicking butt through it all? Hats off to you. That's an awesome story. And thanks to Bonnie, maybe both of them, there should be a co, a co-mom's kicking ass, mother and daughter. She sounds like she has a great role model in her. Uh, thank you, everyone who wrote in uh, every episode. We're going to be talking about moms who kick ass in our own backyard. And it's not just here in Toronto. It's across the country. So get those nominations in. You can tweet us or send it through Instagram. That does it for this episode of Moms in the Middle. Of course, a very special thank you to our producer, Stephanie Phillips, and editor, Megan Coley, and the Frequency Podcast Network. 
Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your pods. You can rate us, leave us comments, make it all nice and positive because we love you. We want you to love Look us at too. you calling them pods, pods, by the way. I'm trying How to be cool. cool slang, are you? Totally cool. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm at City Melanie Ivanka's at Ivanka Osmak with an E, she says, with an E. Don't forget. <laughs> and on the next episode of Moms in the Middle with the holidays right around the corner, that means long road trips or airplane rides with the little ones. Yikes, we know. Not to worry, we've enlisted Sina Duvenage of Happy Grey Lucky for some tips and tricks for smooth traveling. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.